0: All right, welcome back to The Big Ticket Life. This week, I have got my Italian friend, Victor Monzo, because we said the pre-show, well, how do we say your name? Is it Manzo? Monzo? He says, if you're Italian, you say it Monzo. So if I say my name, I guess I should now say it. Well, if you're saying it the Italian way, it's Genicava. That second G for me was one of those Ellis Island inserts. Victor, welcome to the show, my friend.
1: Oh brother, excited to be here with a I Appreciate you, and uh, I'm excited for there our convo. Know. Yeah.
0: So, um, just on that note, where's your family from in the old country?
1: You know, I, I'm. I, you don't hear this too often. So I'm my both my family come from. Uh, we're about 40 minutes away from Naples in a small town called Serino.
0: Okay. Yeah. Or Campobasso, north, uh, way north. Like when you when one of my uncles did the you know the genealogy test thing, uh, we actually have a lot of Croatian. And, uh, in our in our lineage. So uh so yeah. yeah. Always funny how how Italians kind of get down on that. Well, we're from here, we're from this little village, we're from that little town. I like it. I like, I like it. it. Well, man, we're here today. Uh, I'm really excited because Victor was on a friend of mine's show, Mike Capozzi. Mike's been a dear friend for about 15 years now. And um, I was really excited that Victor booked in on my show and we're here today to kind of jam on uh on the matrix, when I saw that was decoding the matrix, that's your book, your third book. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, writing one book is, uh, is always, uh, a, a goal for some people that some don't quite do, but to do three is great. Uh, I'm sure it'll do more. Uh, but, uh, decoding the matrix. So I'm, I'm a big believer. Uh, I think my natural, if, if the 23andMe DNA test had like tests for contrarian, I'd be a hundred percent contrarian. Like I just kind of look to like do that. <laughs> so let's 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 jump in there. Like, what made you want to write Decoding the Matrix? What's the overall theme and and like kind of your ethos for life, if you will, around that book?
1: Yeah, it was one of the things where we were coming out of twenty twenty one, end of twenty twenty one. We're 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 getting near, you know, still in COVID and all this other stuff and. My books come to me in a way, I kind of share this. It's like an inspired something that just, it's annoying. It's like, I keep thinking about a book and then I'm like, why am I thinking about a book all the time? And I get this anxiousness and it was just starting to happen at the end of the year last year. Um, and then all of a sudden I was like, well, if I'm really, gotta, if I'm keep thinking about a book, what would be a name of the book? And I thought of, I thought of the conditioning of what the world has been going through and not just now, but in, yeah, you know, for, since humanity has been around. And I was like, man, what would be a cool name? And then Decoding the Matrix just came. And I, and I don't know if it was because Matrix 4 was going to be coming out and I was thinking of that. I have no idea, but, um, and I was like, Decoding the Matrix. Oh my God. Yes, that's exactly in my first book. I talk about this thing called the machine of the world. And so this was a great mm-hmm. way to segue into that in my third book. Um, but it was really to break down and have people understand there is this, there is a game, uh, uh, you know, this game called life that we play. It's actually like a game. And there is conditioning, there's influences, and so forth. And so the term matrix is just something I chose, but it's really human collective consciousness. And for those who may hear that and go, what the heck is this guy talking about? It's just averaging out all the consciousness levels of every single human being in the world, and that becomes the matrix. And then there's also submatrixes, right? Continents, countries, we're talking about Italians, you know, and so forth. But there's it gets down to cities and towns, and then the the smallest unit of the submatrix is us, individuals. And how does that all play a role and influence our life and so in the in the book the premise of it all is just to really help individuals really see the conditioning aspect and how we get put into these these what I call mental prisons because mm-hmm. we're conditioned to think you know we're, we're we are a byproduct of our experiences and what we grew up in our and all that but we're also genetically a byproduct of that too because experiences are passed down genetically so when you take those two in the, into the aspect, if we never become aware of it, we do the same thing over and over, hoping for a different result or thinking this is how life should be or X, Y, Z, and we never break out of that mold and really experience what life is, but more importantly, what it matters to us and what's really important and unique to yourself. And that's kind of the main premise, uh, at least the first part of the book, to really emphasizing that so much more.
0: You touched on a handful of things there. Um, and just again, for anybody watching, that I I say this in the pre-show to everyone, I guess, if you see me like looking down, uh, I drop down notes because uh, we later carve out our content into other reels and snippets, which is a real smart tactical tip if you're an entrepreneur and you like to maximize your time efficiency. Uh, so that's what I'm doing. So if you're if you're offended by that, you can be offended, but I'm still going to write down. Um, uh, so not Victor being offended that is because he's not. I don't think you're the kind of guy that offends too easily. I don't believe so. Uh, but anyway, that's what I'm doing. And it's really for your viewing pleasure. So that's that. But you said you you, you had this, uh, you were thinking about a book. And really, I think if, if I may, what you were doing there is you were taking time to listen. Right? Listen to what your inputs in your world yeah. were telling you. And I feel we've reached a point in society where we don't, People don't take enough time to like breathe, step back, take in and listen. Is that something you could agree with? And, and, am I, do I have my finger on the pulse there
1: as far as your, your behaviors go? 100%. I mean, it's, it's something I teach. I, I talk a lot about this, like effortless success. And a lot of times people hear that and they go, and especially in the Western world, it's like, no, 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 no! You have to work, grind, hustle, do all these things to get to that point of success, and or have success. And I'm like, but if you understand the world of quantum, and understand how energy works, and vibration, and all these, there's different terms for this. So we can go scientific and call it quanta—that's the scientific term from the quantum physics—or we can go all the way to just call it what the spiritual world says is your vibe or your energy. Um, whatever term works for you. At the end of the day, there's this essence, and wherever you're vibrating at, wherever your consciousness level is at. That is what the only thing you're going to track in your life. So why was a book calling to me? Why did I feel that? That's, that's effortless success in the, or effortless action because I'm sitting there and I know my, I'm tuned with my body. I know the certain, this is I teach my clients about feelings and getting out of our heads. So you don't have to try to figure something out. It'll just come to you when the timing's right. And it was just that here's the thing. I don't know if the time, the timing was right because it all worked out, but last year in November, My wife was pregnant. I was moving from Chicago, to to, to, uh, moving from Illinois to Tennessee. And I was closing down a business I had for 11 years. And then, in the midst of all that, this is why I was fighting the book. Because it was coming it's like, the book, here comes the book. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I got too much on my plate. Why are you bringing a book to me? Why am I feeling this? So then eventually I entertained it by saying, I never forget. I was like, fine, if the book, if I can't stop, get my mind focused on where it needs to be and a book keeps coming to me, fine. I'm going to reach out to my cover guy. I'm going to tell him, here's the title of my book. I'm gonna see what they whip up. And I said, if and now here whoever I'm I'm having this conversation with myself. So I'm like, if it's all meant to be, and this is the timing, he will return a cover to me that is very close, because I don't I I don't expect it to be perfect on the first time. That'll be very close to what I want. And he was. It was only I only had to do a couple fine tweaks. And I said, Okay, I'm not ready to write the book yet, but at least I have the cover. And then all of a sudden. The vision was there. Everything was set. Yep. And then the feelings came back in February. I'll never forget. It was beginning of February. And I just looked at my wife and I said, Honey, I need to write this book. So here's my schedule. Here's how I'm going to do it. And she's like, done deal. I know you'll, you'll get it done before you know it. And here's the beautiful thing about this, though. When you allow to take inspired action, I wrote this book less than 24 hours. Not in a day time. This is writing time of tw- less than 24 hours. It took me six weeks. It was two days a week, hour and a half of writing each day, give or take. And um, and it wasn't like that was strenuous. It wasn't like I had to, I mean, literally I just sit down at coffee shop. I like to have a little bit of a coffee, wait 30 minutes, and I'll just get this feeling and I'm like, okay, it's time to write. And then I'll just write and then all of a sudden I'll be empty inside. And I'm like, okay, I'm done writing. And then I'll look back, yeah, four thousand words. Okay, that's probably a good chapter. We'll see if I need to, you know, increase it or decrease it. But we'll do that at the end when I go through everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, just an interesting. Observations. So you hadn't even written the book. You had the idea for it, right? So you had the inspiration, but it's interesting that you had your... Uh, somebody help you with the graphic, the the cover first. Did you do that with the other two books? Or was that just something new? Or what's your process there? Because it's very interesting to me.
1: Yeah, uh, my, my process of writing books is very unorthodox. Um, that one just came out that way. You know, the one before... Okay. Uh, my last one, it was, I had the book written. I think the first two, I had the book written already. And then I was looking yeah. for the cover. Um This one, it just felt that I needed the cover first. And then once I yeah. had it, I go, okay, great. I know exactly where I'm going to go with this now. And yeah. I actually, I shouldn't say I, that's, that's not true. I didn't know exactly where I was going to go. Cause I didn't, if you asked me after the cover, well, how are you going to write your chapters and what's going to be? I would have looked at Jim, but like, I have no clue. It'll come when it right. comes. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I like it. So, you also touched on, um, these, the, the concept of mental prisons and experiences, positive and negative, um, being passed down, being in the genetic, like in, in your genetic fiber, which is a very interesting concept. Uh, I don't know that a lot of people, um, give it the, the credit and the due respect it should deserve, but it's, it's actually real. Um, I'm, you probably know Gabor Matei who is like, I think, one of the founding fathers of this concept of trauma and experiences being passed down genetically through people. Uh, but let, let's talk about that for a little bit, because I think to kind of set the table for the rest of our time, if you're going to decode the matrix, you first have to understand what you're up against. And you may not even really kind of realize it.
1: So yeah, I mean, let's, he-
0: let's have you expand there.
1: Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where like, before I get into the genetic part, just even from just a growing up period of our time, your subconscious is dictating 95% of your life. And and, and so that's a mental prison in itself. If you don't realize what, how did your, what was programmed in your subconscious mind or how was it, you know, it developed. But even from a genetic standpoint, I mean, we know this, we, we've, we the, this, the, how do I put this in the right way of saying Uh, but long story short, the way we're told about how genetics works is not how genetics works. Our genes are always changing and things are always fluctuating. It's called epigenetics. And uh that term just means above the gene. What's above the genes, in other words? And so your environment and so forth. So they're always constantly changing based on the environment. But what's interesting is this: this is more from a biological standpoint, and the science behind that is that when you when sperm and egg come together at that moment, this is why one of the reasons why women have menses, they're changing out an egg every every time. Men, our sperm is adapting and changing to the environments and our what we are experiencing. If you think of us as a, well, we're a species, how to survive from a genetic standpoint. You may not be conscious of this, but from a genetic standpoint, when when the sperm and a come together, all of what happens there's a snapshot of your life is, tra- is passed down, that information gets transferred down of what your experiences were for your offspring to survive moving forward. So in the spiritual mm-hmm. realms or people who are in spirituality, always say ancestral curses. You hear about those things. You know, this is what the, this is just what our family has gone through. This is how our family is. It's just what, how it happens. No, it's not. As, there's, there's a genetic component to it just as much though as there's a mental conditioning component to it. Now, which one affects more than the other? I have no clue. I never looked. I don't even know if there's research out like that. But what I do know is that you have two components playing against you in some way. One's genetically and the other one is your upbringing from zero to seven your whole entire, from eight, after it's age 7 your brain becomes now your left brain has got developed it's not fully developed but it's developed enough where you can understand reasoning and logic and so forth but the brain thinks what it experiences in the first 7 years is what it thinks the life is for the rest of your life and that's what the subconscious keeps wild. playing over and over and over and over until you start to realize that realize this that this it's not permanent, just like we think genes are permanent. They're not. Same thing when it comes to your subconscious mind. It's not. You can change all these things, but it's understanding how to become aware of that programming, which yeah. can totally drastically change your whole entire tra- trajectory of life.
0: You uh, you kind of blew my mind with the whole like visual image you gave me of when the sperm and egg come together, those two things derive from the two adults, right? Uh, creating the baby at that moment in time that that is a snapshot of their genetic code like it is a moment in time. Like that picture just hit me like a wave. Like that is so wild to me to consider, I never considered it that way. That when those two things happen, you are taking an exact moment in time of the literal fiber of those two beings coming together. That's so wild to me. And you know, like I was down with the fact that you know experiences that lift people are passed down. That like I, that, and, and truth be told, that's something newer that came into my brain and came across my desk, so to say. Um, you know, so I think for people you know who might subscribe to the you know f your feelings mantra of things, you know, and, and feelings don't necessarily override facts all the time. But you know, the, the, the simple fact of the matter is. What you just shared is also true. You can have both things, right? You can have feelings not dictate fact, not dictate reality and change it. But you can also have these things that really do create a moment in time in which the next person is made from t- from two other people. Um, that is very wild to me. I'd never thought of it that way. That's a very, very cool way to think about it. So maybe if you're listening, like I hope you... Hear that, and maybe you take it Victor's way. I hope I added to it and didn't detract. But man, that's so
1: wild. It's just it's it's uh, interesting. And the thing is, I came upon it because I remember in, I remember I had moms who would be under care, like couples would be under care before they thought about having a kiddo, and then they would have a kiddo. And I had to, I have technology I used to use in my office where we can look at something like heart rate variability, which can tell you know resiliency, how balanced the nervous system is. What what where are you stuck at? From a nerve from the nervous system that you can't control and all these other things. And moms will get upset because they here they are, they're doing everything right, doing all these things, and they get it, you know, all of a sudden baby comes in, we we test them, and they're stuck in stress. And they're like, How can my baby be stuck in stress? I've been doing everything right from the price of the And that's where I was just like, it's gotta be something here. It's either conditioning, genetics, something. And I just started to be like, man, there's something here. It's I I felt mm-hmm. it was that, but I didn't have I won't mention, I won't say anything unless I know for sure. And then all of a, it's just, like, again, yeah, how everything aligns. All of a sudden, it was like a month and a half later. Um, I remember I was doing some research and all of a sudden I had an article. I said, caught an article and it was talking about genetic expression and experiences and so forth. And I go, that's it. I'm like, that is one of the other reasons. And I was like, holy cow. It's a snapshot of what their experiences have been, how they helped, on. Not just that one or two years, their whole life of how they adapted and so forth. And again, like I said, it's constantly changing through Bruce, Dr. Bruce Lipton's work. He talks a lot about this, how it's constantly changing in a realm to continue to be as best as it can to adapt to the environment of what's happening, what's going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's such a wild and deep concept of things that, you know, when you, when you talk about and create a book, write a book called decoding the matrix, like it's not some cliched statement. There's, there is a defined code there that exists for some people. And if they aren't watching, if they don't understand it, seven eight, from age seven and forward, which anybody listening now is probably a big chunk of their life, age seven and to present, they've been fighting this subconscious thing. So let's kind of take a little left turn. You, you said when you work with your patients, when you work with your clients, formerly you were a chiropractor, right? And um, let's kind of talk about that journey. So you, so you were a chiropractor now turned. Coach to other chiropractors, other business owners, and really kind of more um, helping people live a more authentic life, a more grounded life, kind of more within like effortless action, effortless success. I'm hearing some themes from you.
1: Walk us through that journey a little bit. Yeah, it was one of the things where, and this is, you know, I share this in my book too, it's about the conditioning and how different things happen because there's matrices, you know, all across the board, like chiropractic has its own. Matrix in itself, and then there's sub matrices under that, and different groups. And every profession has its own too. And it was one of those things where I I come from a family that's very blue collar, and and it showed me what I didn't want to have growing up. So when I was a chiropractor, I was before I even came out of school, six months before, I had a coach. So that's how determined I was. I'm like, I'm going to make an impact. I'm going to be successful. I need to do this because I was, I was, I was motivated by the fear of what I grew up with, and so studying. The best chiropractors I can. I, I shadowed forty to sixty different, forty to fifty different chiropractors before I left school. Then on top of that, I was you know listening to the best chiropractors I possibly get my hands on. But not only that, studying business and whatever business advice was coming out, the top business advice, self help, personal development. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. Reading eighty to one hundred and twenty books a year. Um, not listening to music, podcasts. You know, sacrifice this to do this. All these things. And then five years in. Um, Hit my financial peak, which was great. Thought I make, I thought I'd be extremely happy making that kind of money, and I wasn't. I was unsatisfied and burned out, and that's that was a huge pivoting point for me in my career because it was starting to. I started to realize how I was doing what other successful chiropractors were doing. I was doing what other business people said what you do to become successful. I was living in their world instead of my mm-hmm. own. And so when you do that, and I talk about this in the book, you're not really expressing your uniqueness and what's really, what's important to you. You're just going along with, okay, I'm. A, that's what their world was. I'm gonna have the same experience. And as the humans, we're not designed to do that. We're designed to have our own unique experience in our own way. It could be a lot of similarities, but it's, it's designed to be in our own way in some way, shape, or form. And that's when I started to do that. I went back and looked at everything I knew from quantum physics to energy uh, principles to neuroscience, behavioral neurology, mindset, all this stuff. And I said, well, I'm going to define my success and what it means to me. And I went down that path. And a year, a little, about a little over a year later, I was working 50% less, making the same amount of money I was at my financial peak. At that point in my life, that's where I was like, started to see how burned out the entrepreneurs were. I started to... Get, I, started, I started to... Like, I was like kind of being more aware of the journey and the energy of what they go through and how much doing is always told. And I'm like, there's not a lot of being. They're always talking about do, 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 do this, do that. Sure. What's the thing? Here's the five things. Here, here's to do this. Here's to do that. Right? Here's all the, da, 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 right? And I look and I Definitely. and I start and I have friends who are entrepreneurs. So I, I listen to them like, yeah, I'm grinding. I'm doing this. I'm doing my hustling. I'm sacrificing. Man, I'm gonna make it. This and, all. and I was just like, y'all burned out. I did that. I was exhausted. I didn't like that. And I and I'm like now, I'm not even thinking about my business anymore. I don't even have to worry about it. And don't get me wrong, I know automation and scaling and all those things from a business perspective. I didn't use those in my business. All I did really. was just like, wow, everything's energy at the end of the day. Everything's about my focus and my vibe. I'm like, all I had to do was like when COVID hit, we took a 40% hit the first month when lockdowns came in Chicago. I'll never forget it. My wife looks and goes, are you concerned? I said, no, not absolutely. Absolutely not. She's like, I go, we're going to bounce back. I go, everything's going to work out the way it's designed to. Let's just focus on why we do what we do and forget the rest. Right. And we did. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... So, oh, good.
0: Uh, it sounds like you would... Uh... If you don't know him, uh, a friend that was introduced to me by Chris, our fantastic producer, Chris from cast So if you need anything podcasting, you're looking at a great show here on video. So if you're listening on audio, it's always good to check out what we're doing on video because it looks great, sounds great. And uh, it's engaging. And Chris does a fantastic job, but Chris introduced me to Kurt Mercadate, who runs freedom media network. And, um, you guys would really get down on what you're talking about of like, listening to the energy, responding to the energy. Um, you guys would be, that would be a great connection for you two to know one another and anybody watching and listening. Um, you know, I love what you said, and I'm sorry to cut you off, and you could jump back in. But I loved what you said about you were studying before you left chiropractic school. You were, you were kind of taken in, creating new inputs for success uh, for yourself. Before you even graduated is what is is what I heard, and I think that's very smart. You know, you also just before I jumped in, you, you you touched on the hustle and grind porn, as I like to call it, right? Like it's just like people wear it as a badge of honor, if you will. Um, you know, I have it up here uh, on my wall, hustle mode slide to unlock, because I try not to unlock that as best I can. You know, it's not that I'm afraid of work; it's it's that. So many people, I think, confuse uh, activity with accomplishment. You know, and there was a time I was talking to a realtor friend of mine and I said, you know, you often joke about people who need to, like, your, your clients need to wake up and yet you're making yourself available to them at the prime hours of time when you should be most productive in that, like, 7 to 10 a.m. range. He said, let me just ask you this. Have you ever sold a home from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. And, you know, it was, well, you know, a contract might have come through, a question might have come through, a final showing might have been bought. Like, no. First time have you ever sold a home for, in that 7 to 10 space? Taken a listing of a buyer's appointment, anything that's been meaningful. And the answer was no. I said, well, then why are you doing it? You're your most productive in that time frame. You need to control those inputs in your day. And, and have everybody work around you, work around your best, when you're best for them. That's my belief, right? Like, create create the schedule, create the concept of when you're best for the people you can impact, not when the world forces you to respond. So, sorry I went off on a little tear there. I'll let you kind of pick up on it.
1: No, even just adding to your point, you know, it's all about you know we look at time management, but then there's energy management, and and this is something you're talking about. It's energy management. Like, where can I put my best use of my energy? Where I can hyper focus and nails knock out things rather than uh, not checking email all day or or you know all the time and stuff like that. But back to that, the the point then is, you know, when I made that shift, I you know looking at it, I, I decided that. Uh, my impact and where I was was small and I had a greater vision on what I want to create for the world or just try to help the world in some way, shape or form. And that's where I was like thinking about doing this. I was like, okay, I'm looking into possibly doing coaching, but I, I didn't jump in full yet or get into it at all actually until, um, I went six months later and I wrote my first, I started the, I started my podcast and I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to write a book. Cause I've always wanted to write a book. I have a goal of writing like 30 books in my life. I have no reason why 30 comes to me. Maybe it's because I like Wayne Dyer a lot. He wrote almost that much or just about that much. Um, but there, there came a point where I was like, I really want to get into helping entrepreneurs. And 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 it was about a year later, I, I decided to do it as a side hustle, as they like to say. And um, put an end to this grind and hustle, put an end to all these things that were being told in business that I'm not saying isn't valuable advice. Billionaires are talking about these things. So, they, you know, hey, billionaire... It works for them. Obviously, they know a little something better than I do. But at the same token, what the principles that I understand from a quantum pr- aspect, it's like, we can do this a little differently. And that's where I started doing that for three years. And then eventually, when we made the move, uh, I went full-time into the coaching and, and let go of the chiropractic, at least for now.
0: Yeah. So were you... You know, Obviously, you built um, a successful practice uh, that was paying you well. And I want to come back to that because you, you shared in the pre-show, you shared, I believe here, as we're talking, you know, you, you were, you'd created a business. You thought you'd love it when you reached the mountaintop and you're like, this sucks. I'm making all this money and it's still terrible. Um, but before we come back, we'll come back, back to that. But you, you said there, you had a bigger purpose. You had a bigger vision. Were you ever afraid to communicate that outwardly to people, your spouse, your friends, your peers? Cause like, here's a guy, successful business. Happy family, right? Making lots of money. I'm going to blow it up because I've got this vision over here. You ever afraid to communicate that?
1: I've learned over the years you got to be careful who you share your dreams with. You've heard it in motivational speakers talk Mm -hmm. about all the time. You know, I always tell my clients like when they have a vision or something they want to create, and I'm like, don't tell it to to your family and friends. Keep it away from them. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, they're going to be the first ones that poo poo it. And they're like, really? I'm like, unfortunately, I wish it wasn't like that, but it kind of is in some way, shape, or form. But um, you know, I had a, I had a big vision at a young age. I remember when I was in chiropractic school, uh, a friend of mine's like, hey, you want to have lunch with the president of the school? I'm like, president of the school? Are you kidding me? I would love that. This guy's internationally well-known as a chiropractor. He's phenomenal. He's an amazing speaker. I loved everything about him. He's like, we'll make it happen. I'll put in a good word for you. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, I, in my world, there's no way that's going to happen. And all of a sudden... Secretary call, calls me. He's like, "Hey, so and so wants to meet with you, and this date does that work for you to have lunch? You guys will go from this time to this time." I was like, "That works in my schedule." Next, you know, I'm sitting next to this guy, and I'm talking to him. And I, he asked me, "What's your vision?" And I was like, "I just let it loose, didn't hold yeah. back." And uh, he encouraged it, he inspired it. And what was amazing is all throughout my chiropractic career, I only saw him probably like maybe two hands, two handfuls at a time. I remember the the, the it was my graduation party uh, that we had. And he came up to the our table and he put his hand on my shoulder and he says, How's your vision? Every time I saw him, how's your vision? Mm-hmm. Getting bigger, getting stronger, getting bigger. And then he would tell my parents, like, this guy has a vision for the world. And so it's funny because that vision was is to expand chiropractic throughout the world, but create my own version of chiropractic by mentoring and coaching. This is where the coaching part comes in, because it was the mentoring and coaching other chiropractors uh and creating, you know, my own line of like a franchise or something um, originally. And now I'm kind of doing something a little different than that. But coming back to your question though, it, it's one of those things where I had to be careful why I said it because I used to share a lot of my dreams when I was younger in my age. And I was always called a dreamer and this, oh, that's never going to happen, yada, yada, whatever. Yep. Um, and I found out that it usually came from the most closest people near me. And yep. so I've learned over time, I only have a very small, very, very small circle. My wife's one, my one of my best friends is another um, where I share those visions and my aspirations and where I want to go. And that's pretty much it.
0: So do you think that that plug in, a new input, if you will, for success of talking to that dean at the chiropractic school? was That was ultimately like a way to unplug from what you're told, unplug from the force multiplier that typically comes back, as you said, from friends and family who are going to kind of, you know, dump on your dump on your dream and vision. Like that's that's a little hack right there. Right. So go find your dean, a chiropractic at the school. What if you're listening, and watching, like go find that person in your life.
1: You know, for me, it was somebody that I had looked up to and valued and they actually believed in me. That was because I had a limiting belief of low self-worth. I'm not worthy of this. I'm not worthy of these kind of things. And that yep. showed up later in my career in different ways. But it was one of those things where for the first time in my life, I'm sharing my heart. And it's instead of what I normally got as a response, it was different and it was empowering. And he he just like 100% believed, saw me doing it and so much more. And it, just having somebody like that was just hugely a, a game changer for me where my confidence level went through a whole nother thing. I'm like, maybe I am worthy of that. I can't create that. It's not just some crazy, cool little thing I want to create. It's actually, I can actually do this.
0: Now, did you know at the time that first conversation, so you you worked to build that relationship and have that first conversation. Did you know at the time that you would have, you said a couple of handfuls of time, did you know after that first meeting, you'd have maybe five, six, seven check-ins down the road in the future? Or did you think I'm going to meet this person once and it's done?
1: Just from you know, again, how I was conditioned growing up, it would be that one time and done. And uh, it was always fascinating how he'd always come back and remember. I mean, I saw yeah. him a couple of years after in practice. I had my my who's my wife now. We were going somewhere, and I knew he was speaking. And I said, "Hey, let's go see him. I haven't seen him in a while. I just love to check up, follow up, and so forth." And same thing, he gave me a big hug. He's how are you? How's your vision? How are things coming along? And he just never forgot. And I was and he has that magnetic power about him. Like you're when you're with him, he just had there's very few people that are like this where they you can tell they are so present with you in the moment. Listen. Um, so it's kind of cool. But yeah, I never expected it to be like that. And and again, it was one of those things like I mattered. I really did. here's somebody who's very successful, uh, internationally known. And here he is doing that with me. Either he saw something in me, that's just how he is you know because i grew up where somebody does something or they do something there's always an alternative motive and there was right. nothing for him there was no motive for him at all do you think do
0: you think in the back of your mind because you know and this is why i asked the question i did if you knew there'd be subsequent opportunities or you you felt it would just be the one time do you think at the back of your mind that there was a level of integrity and accountability within yourself to say okay i've communicated my vision to this person It's out there. Now I got to go make it happen. Do you think that was part of your success?
1: Yeah. I've learned that one time, like doing that, I've learned that sharing it more and more and more, like I I started getting to a point where I go on Facebook and just put on my personal page. This is what I'm going to do in the next year. And, you know, of course, whenever comments come, I didn't care. I never looked at them. I just like, I'm sharing this with the world to show like, hey, I did a post. At this time, one year from now, I'll be whatever, XYZ. And, uh, it's cool because when you see it come up next year on a Facebook story, and they show it to you, like, "Oh, here's mm-hmm. here's uh, you know something here or there." It's kind of like, "Oh yeah, I did say that. I totally forgot about that. And look, it did happen, or it happened sooner, or it happened just a little later." But I'm like, "I did it though." That's all. And then it yeah. just builds confidence over as you do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I I I love that. It's 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 interesting how I like to say often that the loudest voices come from the cheapest seats in our life, right? The people the people around us, they're way up in the rafters, seemingly, right? They're they're not invested financially with us, emotionally, they're not, you know, they're just not there, but they're always that loudest voice in your ear, um, just on you. It's really an interesting dichotomy because the people closest to us should be our biggest supporter. But we have to understand they've got their own limiting beliefs, they've got their own programming, and if they're not actively looking to decode their life and change it, that's just where they're at doesn't mean you have to be with them, right?
1: No, totally. I mean even when I came out of chiropractic school it was one of those things where my dad didn't understand he wanted me to be in computers, and that's what I originally was going to school for but uh, there were some things where you know they were just like I had a chiropractor who got me into it all or introduced me to it all and he was like telling me like oh, you got to be in groups now It's not because I was coming out of school right after the recession well during the recession, uh, I graduated in 2009 in September I mean we, you know a year almost a year later. And he's like, yeah, things are tough. Things are hard, blah, blah, blah. And I already understood beliefs. I was like, that's your limiting belief. That's not mine. I'm not taking that in. That's right. poison. I don't want to accept that into my mind. Um, and then it you know, is one of those things where, or how I should be in a problem. You need to go work with someone and learn from them first. I was like, I had a coach for six months. Plus, I had him for more than that. But I was like, I got this figured out. I got enough where I feel like I can try this and, and, and go out that route. And if it doesn't work out, I can always go work for somebody at the end of the day.
0: Right, right. So let's step back to where you're super successful. You're not enjoying the, 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 the pinnacle you've created. You'd said in our pre show, you were kind of at that point leading up to that, you were in this ebb and flow of every four to six months, you're burnt out. You weren't happy. Um, and, and if I'm being honest with anybody watching and listening, that's, that's, I'm not, I don't want to say burnt out and unhappy. I'm just not personally fulfilled with all the work I'm doing. There's certain aspects I am, certain aspects I'm not. So I've begun to think, and I'll have your, I want you to expand on this. I've begun to think of aligning my efforts around projects that I'm really into. So like one of those things is uh, really returning skills and careers to high school education, which is also trickles down to like middle school and grade school, but it's a real focus in high school. Um, so like, that's one of the projects that I'm focused on because that propels the work. And and again, we're not saying don't do the work and kind of be this person that just wanders around the woods and grounds yourself. And you don't, you're like some Svengali that gets to tune into the world twice a year. We're not saying that. At least I'm not. I don't think Victor is either. But for me, like creating those projects, um, Is what's really been helping me as of late to, to work through and kind of find a new level for myself. Um, so what was happening that you would find, uh, inspiration and then it would dip down and you'd find inspiration and dip
1: down. What was going on there? You know, it's one of those things where you're not living the authentic life that matters most to you. You know, when I, when I work with clients, I always tell them, you got to do what fulfills you, what gets you excited. Or basically one of the things I'll ask them is what would you do? What would you love to do that you can do? Uh, you love it so much that you would do it for free because it just gives you so much back in life. And it's you're bringing up a great point. Of what you're sharing there, I, I talk about alignment a lot, not just because I'm a chiropractor, um, but it's one of those things where when you're in alignment with your mind and your focus and what matters most to you, um, you're going to be more elevated in a state. This is where inspiration comes from. Right? Motivation is doing something you don't getting getting energy or something that you know for something that you don't want to do inspiration comes from within. That's inspire within. And so it's one of those things that you can, when you have this, like for me, I was running an office that I had a coach at the time who was just telling me, accept people for where they are when it comes to their health. They're not going to be wanting to take it at the level you do it, but accept where they are. I did a business for five years and I made good money off that, but it wasn't aligned with me in what mattered most. Mm. I wanted to make a difference. I'm very scientific. I'm very result-oriented. So I want to see big changes in people's life. And so I thought about this for a second. I was like, if I went to a master in somebody in martial arts, and if I tell him, how do I become a master like you in what you do? And if he says, you got to do this for this amount of times and blah, 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 blah. And over this period of time, you'll get there. Cool. Well, I can't do that. It doesn't fit my schedule, nor do I want to put the time into that. What if we do half of that? Is he going to accept me into his dojo? No. No. And so I was like, why am I doing that then? Why? Because mm. there's a whole conditioning and a matrix thing in that when it comes to certain aspects. And when I started to stand to my truth and what mattered and what was chiropractic, sharing it, my defining in chiropractic and what really mattered to me, 1900 chiropractic is what I call it. Um, in living that life and doing it in that way, all of a sudden, I was just like, I was inspired every single day. When I had to do something, I was inspired to do it. Because a lot of times too, here's another example. I'll share a different example. So let's outside of my practice. But a lot of times we get caught up in what we should do from a marketing standpoint, right? Some people say, you got to do videos. You got to be on YouTube. You should be doing Facebook ads. You should do a podcast. You should do this. You should do that. And right. I always tell people, don't do anything. Just do what you enjoy doing. Right. And they're always like, what do you mean? I said, I do podcasting. I love podcasting in both ways, both being a guest and being a host. And I, it's my vehicle that I enjoy it. Like you don't have to, I, I just, I can get on and I'm ready to go because I'm so excited to be on a podcast or when I'm doing my own, I go, I don't have to, I don't, I don't ever get bored of that. Now, if I have to do, I don't mind, I don't mind doing videos to a certain degree, but if I have to do all the little things of like certain things that I've, you know, they tell you from reels and stories and how to do this and make it look like this and do that. And then you want to do these, then you do those. I don't want to do that. That doesn't excite me. That's unfulfilling. And in, in my old days, I would have did everything in the books plus more. In my new days of how I do things, I'm like, it doesn't excite me. Now, somebody said, well, you have to do that in order to grow. No, you don't. That's your conditioning. You know, it's right. even in chiropractic, you got to do this or do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. I mean, we all have it in every industry. But I, I always said, like I was uh, one of my mentors, he has a practice. It's It's probably six months now, but it was a three-month waiting list just to get into his practice. The guy has a, he doesn't do any marketing. He doesn't even have social media. And he is blowing it up. So, now that's just one. Maybe he's just a rare example. But there's others I know are like that. And it's one of those things where you look at that and you go, that's being outside the matrix and doing what matters to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, just to take us, drill down from the more atmospheric level of conversation we're having right to the business tactical thing. That chiropractor you just listed, three months, wait time. I mean... There is, and an, I don't even need to know who it is, peek inside the business to know that there is an immense commitment to patient satisfaction, patient care, patient happiness, but also process, communicating, like the dojo example. Here's what we do around here. Here's the, the prescription of care. Here's when you need to come see me. Here's when your appointments need to be. Because if you fall out of that plan, you're three months to get back in. So that's very... I love, love hearing um, when businesses operate that way. Because the only way you're able to do that and say, well, I have a three-month wait, is if you've just delivered such an exceptional five-star experience because people are in pain. Actually, as I'm talking to you today, I'm in an immense amount of pain. I'm in the midst of switching chiropractors. Um, and I've been really like off schedule. Uh, and I've got some other physical stuff going on that's affecting my gait and the way I stand and all that other good stuff. Uh, preaching to the choir here. You probably could diagnose me from across the screen for crying out loud. Um, right? Uh, uh-huh, but um,
1: exactly.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, that like, I love seeing examples of that because it just, you, you, you know, from just hearing a little bit of fact, when you understand the patient-client relationship, the fact that people are in pain and they're being told us three months, like yeah it's it's three months we'd love to help you and and maybe there's like emergency hours carved out to take people in, but boy what a what a position to be in and unplug and stay away from what everybody else does that's that's what I call big ticket life I'm not afraid for the the self-plug there, but like that's life and business on his terms, which is fantastic. that's really awesome,
1: yeah. I mean, it's, and it's one of the things, even just, uh, even for my, I never had a weightless practice, And but one of the things I, you know, a lot of times people be like, oh, you got to get so many new patients a month and you got to do all these, here comes conditioning, and it's to, you know, coming back to that. And all I all I saw was eight to 10 patients new every month. And they'd be like, how do you continue to grow your business? I'm like, we're, we we got a little bit of room. We, we weren't fully maxed, but I was like, at the same token, I'm like, but I go, that's, that's what works for us. But those eight to 10 that come in my office, because I was very critical about, Conversions. This is one thing I teach chiropractors a lot mm-hmm. who I work with them. Like, you got to have your conversions as high as possible. And I had a for the last two years of my career, I had a 98% conversion rate. Now that's not, I'm not bragging here in that sense because I just used I, I like to work smarter, not harder. And I'm like, well, referrals are a almost a 93% guarantee that they're going to come in yep. and sign up for care. I would have referrals come into my office and be like, you don't have to explain my results. I just want to start care. And I just look and be like, cool, I did something right with that patient. All right, I got to focus there the, the one who referred him. But it's one of those things where, you know, how to implement those things, but what really matters. And for me, I just wanted to have high conversions. I didn't care about how much my numbers were from a new patient perspective, which again, this is a conditioning in care. Oh, I see 40 new patients a month. I get 80 new patients. I get 100 new patients a month. And it's like, what what really matters for you at the end of the day? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and, you know, hearing that, like if the goal is only to get new patients and a 100 new a month and your churn rate is 80%, like, that's broken. Either you're doing really bad work or you're not setting a proper expectation for what care is about and the impact it can have on somebody's life and the ways it can keep them healthy. Um, it's really, that's a really rather interesting perspective to, to operate a business that way, especially when it comes to health and wellbeing of somebody. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's definitely a very, very interesting way to do things. Um, man, I've loved, loved our time. We are right about coming up at it. Um, So what's the next step for you beyond, you know, so you're kind of cemented yourself away from chiropractic, you're in coaching, like where does Victor Monzo go next?
1: You know, one thing I'm really working on, it's a big vision of mine, and it's something that I I am uh, next year going to start putting the pieces together more, is I always had a vision of, of of creating uh again it was I shared my earlier vision as a chiropractor and it's it's all aligns in the same way just a little differently. But creating an online consciousness school where people can go to and there's and learn how to really tap into their unique self, really understand um this game called life and really be a master at it. Um, You know, there's a big shift in the world coming, we're kind of separating away from classical physics and we're starting to go more into quantum physics and starting to understand that world. Quantum physics is leading us in the world of that. And I just feel like i am it's my time to really uh, make that shift and help individuals do that. And so in the next year, we're trying to pull pieces together um, to create that and bring that to the world so individuals can truly learn and really remember the greatness of who they really are, to rediscover that process. You know, because you know what it is deep down. It's just all the conditioning. It's like with layers upon layers. It's like an onion. We built all these layers of yep. who we're not. And we go as we evolve in life, we, we we constantly are just really just breaking down the layers and going back to who we were, which we already knew who we were as children. That's why children are yep. so happy, go lucky. I mean, my whole purpose is to help get people go back to being a three, four-year-old. Not from a maturity standpoint, but from... If you look at a three, four year old, they're at their peak imagination state and they just love what they do and they don't care what anyone thinks. And we just need more people mm. doing that in the world because that's what really is going to light up this world. That's what's going to raise the matrix and open up a whole slew of new experiences for humanity for the greater good, for a more positive vibe and so much more. Yeah.
0: No, I love that. That's a big, uh, that's a big vision. So l- let's kind of push it forward. So you have. See, so you said an online consciousness learning. Is that right? Yeah, like an online consciousness school. Yep. So who's the person going through that? What are they seeing up?
1: It's any human being who wants to find, you know, get away from this, this, we without, from this like, I don't want to say heaviness, but just wanting to really choose and create the life that they want to have. And that doesn't have to be in business. It can be in anything. And what they go through is, Different stages. First you got to understand the rules to any, like in any game you play, any sport, you got to know the rules. And the better you know the rules, (laughs) the better you can play in that, right? We can take it from a legal aspect. The better you know the law, the better you can play in the law, the legal system. So it's understanding what are those rules, right? And there's, there's a whole breakdown of that. And then it's understanding the mind and the conditioning. We have to understand that we're all conditioned. I'm programmed in conditions as much as anyone else. And, you know, and I'll never get through all of them. It's just, it's, it's, I maybe I will. Who knows? Maybe there'll be something right. that helps us with that process. I don't want to rule that out. But it's one of those things where it's a constant evolutionary process to how to become aware, how to know. That's why a lot of my work is outside the mind. And like I would say if I had to put choose something, it's like going back into the heart or going back into the body to really um tap into this amazing resource that we have that none of us are really using for the most part. Now I don't say not everyone isn't, but majority of the people, or at least the masses, are not utilizing that. We're all leading our life through our mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and so many are being led around by you know exterior forces, right? Um, like the, the conditioning of I'm holding up my cell phone right now. Um, you know, I mean, my God, the algorithmic programming is yeah. is just incredible it, it transcends like you know i could talk about funeral caskets right now and i might get showing ads later this afternoon about caskets right um it transcends that it it's it's become such a entrenched um system that if you're not actively going against it the robots so to say both you know, real and you know, tangible and intangible, so to say, they will win if you go back to the first Matrix episode or first matrix movie, right? Like that's the battle, right? And it it's it's there. And you're seeing these early reports of like AI constructing a future landscape. And it's not positive, positive. because it's it that's the information the algorithm is scraping. It's very it's very, uh, dystopian, if you will. So you have to push back on it. You have to win at this game called life. I love how you say that. I love how you s- express about understanding the rules. Um, just as a little side note to expand on that, that's, that's the thing that just drives me insane when people talk about high income earners, which, you know, folks on my show are, you know, we've taken the time to go and understand the rules of taxes. It's not that anybody's doing anything illegal, right? If you got a problem with, if you got a problem with the way people pay taxes, then, then rewrite the rules. But the rules are there and one, one person understanding them better than the next doesn't make it wrong or unfair. And there's like, and I know just a little bit and there's so much more, but yeah, understanding those rules about life. So, so important. So man, I with this next vision, I guess we can put this in your Facebook memory, November 8th to 2022. You can uh, uh, look ahead in twenty three and see
1: where you're at with that.
0: That'll be cool to check out.
1: I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it in my calendar too, just to note that I was on this yeah, show at yeah. this time and I stated this. So here we go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. So uh, people want to connect with you. Uh, we've been flashing your stuff on the screen, but um, let's just make sure we kind of get it out there. Uh, it's always in the show notes and all the links you're listening to this on or watching it. You know you can connect with, but anybody wants to connect with you, Victor. How do they do that?
1: You know, my hub is my website, empoweryourreality.com. Right there, you'll get access to. I got my podcast. I got free resources like a uh, book on uh, a free ebook on the power of visualization. Um, this resonates, and you're like, man, I love what he's talking about. Be love to learn more about coaching and stuff. I do a free uh, breakthrough call, and then at the bottom left of my website, you can connect with me on social media. I'm on. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn, and you'll have all the buttons there to connect with. And uh, any questions or anything, reach out. I love hearing from people. Yeah.
0: yeah. Just on that note, so I'll ask this as we as we wrap up. So, as the guy who wants to decode the matrix and and really control the inputs in life, and and be open to listening, and 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 live a life with purpose. Um, how do you like being in the TikTok game? I haven't gone there yet.
1: I don't like it at all, to be honest. I only do it, again, working smarter than harder, right? There's the only reason why I do it. I do reels for Instagram. I just take those and I throw them on TikTok. I'm like, what's the point? It's an extra five minutes? Not even. And I throw them on TikTok. But I have not mastered the game of TikTok. I don't know yeah. if I'm wanting to. I stay on it just because I put all these videos up there. But I'm like, eh, I don't know if this is for me Um but yeah, that's, that's it. Some people are like, how dare you say that? If you're going to do it, you go all in. I'm like, I'm all in on Facebook and Instagram. That's, you know, so you know, that's where my, you know, my, well, that, well, yeah, more Facebook than anything, but that's where my, my stuff is. Yeah. My little dog. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and whatnot. But other than that, uh, yeah, TikTok is, uh, it's an interesting, uh, it's interesting. That's all I can say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've heard, I've heard that people do it and then they say quickly, just don't, just don't go into the comments. Like, well, then those aren't your people, you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think. Well, the other thing too is this, right? You're talking about conditioning, right? Where you got attention span of less than eight, we're about eight seconds and it's probably less than that now. And so TikTok is only, well, now they've expanded their videos before it was like, what, 15 seconds and that's it? Yeah. And I was like, I can't be a part of something that's shortening this up and making this. I don't care about the money side uh, or not even the money, just reach. But then I would, then it expanded it and I was like, all right, this is no different than Instagram and Facebook. I can do this. I can just throw them up there. Um, But yeah, it's something I go back and forth with. I actually thought about closing it down. I was like, I don't even need this anymore. Why am I going to just focus on what I've been doing yeah. and just leave it at that?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, man, I think... uh I'll wrap it up this way. Jerry Seinfeld has a quote of, there's no such thing as a too short st- attention span. There is something called being not entertaining. And, you know, so... As we depart, think about those things in your life where you can impact people and be impactful on them because that's really the whole way Victor operates is finding impact with people. And um, if that takes 15 seconds, so be it. If it takes 15 minutes, great. If it takes 15 hours, as long as you're being impactful and entertaining them at the same time, you'll see success. So, man, I've loved our time together. This was really great. Um, Victor, not Manzo, Manzo. My Italian brother. Love you, man. Thank you. Really for enjoyed me, our brothers. time. That was a
1: blast. Appreciate it.
0: Yep. Thank you. EmpowerYourReality.com. That's where you connect with all things Victor, even on TikTok. Um, but uh, yep. com. That's where you go to uh, tap in and connect with Victor. So thanks, man. Really appreciate to have you on the show. And uh, we'll see you next week on The Big Ticket Life. Take care. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own Big Ticket Life, and now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.bigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what isn't possible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat in your business, away from commodity and away from competition into a market of one so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift. Book your call. Go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.